When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. So, some shoes dropping here. Uh, We were discussing with Jim Jordan in the first hour of the show about the IRS whistleblower, the second one, uh, coming forward and explaining that Hunter Biden has received preferential treatment. And one of the things we were discussing with Jim Jordan was how will the quote-unquote legacy media, the people out there who've been trying to tell you there's nothing to the Hunter Biden story, cover it going forward. And Buck, this just popped one minute ago. CBS News exclusive. Hunter Biden IRS whistleblower Joseph Ziegler, who has now allowed his name to be public for the first time, Tells CBS, anytime IRS investigators, we're going to play this audio for you later in the show, uh, tells CBS, anytime IRS investigators potentially wanted to ask questions related to President Biden, they were told, quote, that's going to take too much approvals. We can't ask those questions. Also, further part of this interview, uh, Ziegler tells CBS that he is a lifelong Democrat said he did not vote for president in the 2020 election while working on the Hunter Biden investigation because he felt doing so would be irresponsible and show potential bias. This guy, Buck, again, lifelong Democrat, outing in many ways the fix that was in for Hunter Biden This may, and again, CBS News just now publishing this on their social media feeds as he is testifying. This one may be hard for Democrats to explain away. Because a lot of times they say, well, that's a longtime Trump supporter. This is a Democrat. He's also a gay Democrat who is coming out and basically throwing Hunter Biden and Joe Biden under the bus. Can I I just give a... A slightly more cynical perspective, Clay. You you definitely, uh, yeah. I, I try to be the ray of sunshine here. <laughs> Clay's if, if like, you the system are, is not dead. There's still faith I in the still system. Have, I still have a little bit of hope. Yeah. And then you are the, the rain cloud that comes yes. up. But yes, I do think that certainly that there is a justification to dampen my optimism here that I well, just well, shared. But here's, so share, here's, yes. the, here's the challenge. Here's the problem. Um, it, it reminds me very much of uh, Benghazi. Uh, the hearings, I mean, where we heard a lot. It was really damning. And at the end of it, nothing. They've already gotten past the plea deal phase of this. Notice how this is all coming out. Now, they I know have the judge. Not te- yes. yes. Technically, okay. has not been signed off on yet. Okay. All right. See, see there. So there's the, a little the bit of optimism. Sunshine, I'm, trying, I'm trying to part the clouds. Yeah. Trying to part the clouds. July 26th, what? I believe, the judge has to sign off or not sign off on this. Uh I, I just think that all of this, 
it's none of this is none of this is a surprise, right? This is what my expectation. I think most of the people listening, uh, this is what our expectations were all along for what was really going on here with the investigation of Hunter Biden's tax. Remember, it's not to say it's tax crimes is even, I think, underselling it. Hunter Biden was selling access to his dad to communist China to obviously influence U.S. foreign policy and stashing the cash from this because it was looking so it would look so bad for the Biden brand, which is what he was monetizing. I mean, this this is even more brazen in many ways than the Clinton global cash guzzling and uh, influence peddling machinery. And and that's the part of this that I think they, you know, we have to remember, we have to focus on here. It's who he was selling the influence to. And then also, Clay, in the back of my mind, um, not even that far back, I mean, as we're talking about all this, the whole premise of the multiple prosecutions of Donald Trump right now that the Democrats offer up is nobody is above the law. Correct. And every time the Democrats say this, there is an asterisk at the end with except the Bidens, because they are above the law. So while they're telling us that no one's above the law, let's prosecute the chief right now leading Republican presidential nominee and a former president, which is a big deal. You do offer for the for the cohesiveness of the nation. You know, there is a slightly different treatment. Let's just be honest about a former president. You know, when when when, they, when uh, Nixon was pardoned by Ford, everybody was kind of like, well, maybe not everybody. Most people were like, yeah, we don't lock the guy up. Um, while they are telling you Trump is not above the law, they are showing you that the Bidens are above the law. It is a crystallizing distillation of two tiers of justice that are occurring today as Trump prepares to be charged for January 6th related offenses. And simultaneously, we are being told that Hunter Biden was protected in every direction from the consequences of his criminal behavior based on his connection to his father. And I think what's significant, we have this audio clip from CBS, I believe, that has been uploaded. Uh, This is where I think things become a little bit more challenging for Democrats, Buck, because they've tried to build this, this huge Chinese wall between Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and argue that there's no connection whatsoever between Hunter Biden's uh, actions and Joe Biden, and actually this IRS whistleblower who is speaking out today, Ziegler, said in his sit-down CBS interview, which just dropped on social media a couple of minutes ago, they weren't allowed to consider whether Joe Biden was involved in these crimes at all. Listen to what he told CBS. Did you uncover evidence that President Biden financially benefited from his son's deals? I don't feel comfortable answering that question. Why is that? Anytime we potentially wanted to go down the road of asking questions related to the president, it was, that's going to take too much approvals. We can't ask those questions. And I mean, it created it created an environment that was very hard to deal with. It's a politically sensitive case. Wouldn't it require additional approvals? Yes, I do understand that that aspect, but it would be like, well, let's think about it. Let's put that on the back burner. The old Potomac two-step, my man, the bureaucratic slow roll, exactly as we've been saying it was probably happening. Now you're hearing from the guy who was in the middle of it. It's exactly what was happening. What does this remind everybody of? Oh, we, you know, we, we were going slow with it, everything else. How people ask me, Buck, how could they not find out? I actually went over this, uh, over the weekend with some friends of mine. They asked me this. Um, they said, you know, how can they not find Hunter's cocaine? I'm like, what do you, what do you mean? How can they not? It's the easiest thing in the world. Secret Service sits around and goes, Oh, we just got a call from the supervisor. He says we've got to pull together a committee meeting about this. And then we're going to have another meeting next week about how we got to look over the committee meeting from the first week. And we don't want to impugn anybody by going too fast on the suspects here. And <gasps> nothing. Never underestimate the ability of a bureaucracy to do nothing. It is what they do all the time if they can get away with it. Especially when it involves a powerful person. Of course. And, and that's where the fix is in here to such a degree. And look, I, I don't think it's ideal if we were, if the Department of Justice, and this is what I thought, this is what I thought would happen. And maybe there's still a possibility of it happening if that judge rejects the plea agreement on July 26th. But you got this. I said, 
I had some faith in the system. I thought that they would have to charge Hunter, and they would then make the argument no one is above the law to allow them to be able to justify charging Trump, too. Because and, my and theory I, and I is... I told Clay to get off my lawn. There's no way they're going to charge Hunter. No way. And the reality here is that they don't even care about even giving a fig leaf of objectivity and impartiality right now yep. as it pertains to this Department of Justice, can I, can I ask which you is a question? why I'm, it's I'm so curious, scary. I'm curious, well, you know, we could even, we could hold this to the break. You can answer this on the, on the flip side. If they reject the plea, if the judge rejects the yeah. plea, does that change the calculus in your mind of whether Biden can continue to be the nominee or do they just run the, it's his son, he's dealing with addiction, it's not his fault playbook? You want to answer when we come back? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that on the flip side because the July 26th date at which the judge has to sign off on this is massively important, I think, to how this story goes going forward. And I think, frankly, this judge clearly has to reject this plea agreement. I don't I don't think it's a difficult call at all, purely from a legal basis. Small business owners have benefited from a little-known plan the IRS is operating called the Employee Retention Credit. That's the ERC. Innovation Refunds has helped thousands of small businesses with their ERC tax refunds. If you own a business with more than four employees, you could have money waiting to be claimed. Different industries, different deductions in their ERC claims. Innovation Refunds dedicated to helping business owners navigate the process with their team of independent tax attorneys experienced in understanding ways that different kinds of companies can claim tax deductions as a result of COVID. Innovation Refunds teaming up with cable TV's John Taffer, the host of Bar Rescue. Together, they're going to help restaurant and bar owners find out if they are eligible for the ERC tax credit. Go to innovationrefunds.com to see if you qualify. No upfront cost, and they don't get paid unless you get paid. Call them toll-free, 1-843-REFUNDS. That number again, 1-843-REFUNDS, and their website, one more time, innovationrefunds.com. That's innovationrefunds.com. Heard it on the show? Hear more on the podcast. Clay and Buck Podcast Deep Dives. More content, more common sense. Find the guys on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation, and three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. 
to save. Visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For $20 a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my cell phone company, Pure Talk. You'll get the same quality of service as AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, but for half the cost. The average size family saves almost $1,000 a year, all with no contracts and no activation fees. You can keep your cell phone number and your phone or get great deals on the latest iPhones and Androids. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values, who supports our military and veterans, creates American jobs, and refuses to advertise on fake news networks. Go to puretalk.com slash clay to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash clay. All right, welcome back, team. We know the IRS whistleblower is going to be testifying on Capitol Hill live in just about half an hour from now. We have to uh, preview some of this and tell us what it all means, what Congress is going to do, if anything, about this. Our friend Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio. Congressman, great to have you back, sir. Good, good to be with you guys. What are you expecting from this today? I mean, just first, if you'd lay out for everybody, who is this individual who is uh, going to be testifying today? And, and what have we learned so far from the whistleblower just based on the testimony behind closed doors? Well, I think, first of all, we're going to learn that these guys are credible. Both both have served over 10 years in the IRS, outstanding performance evaluations. They were the go-to guys, the A-team, when it came to international tax fraud investigations. Been all over the world doing these kind of these kind of cases. And I think the, the fundamental question, Buck, is, is who are you going to believe? You're going to believe these guys and who, who frankly, story has not changed, whose testimony has been consistent, is it was confirmed by an FBI agent who was interviewed Monday by the committee. You're going to believe them? Are you going to believe the Biden Garland Justice Department that was just found two weeks ago by a federal court to be censoring Americans? The Biden Justice Department that said parents were terrorists, the Biden Justice Department that said pro-life Catholics are extreme. I mean, it, that's the fundamental question. Um, and I think these guys credibility is going to come through uh, loud and clear in this hearing. And I, I think that's that's really the essence of what's what's. And they're going to talk about all the inconsistencies, this investigation versus every other investigation. And then some of the just the, the things that were done that never happened, like the prosecutors calling up the defense attorneys and saying, hey, we're looking to get a subpoena to, to uh, search the storage unit. You might want to check it out. When is that ever happening? <laughs> never. So those are the kind of things that I think will come out from two very credible individuals who've been, uh, you know, serving the taxpayers for a long time now. Well, I can't wait to see these uh, revelations come out in public and also see how the media is going to cover them. And in a larger context here, Congressman, do you think Joe Biden is going to run? Do you think the Democrats want to run him? Uh, do you think that the, the drumbeat of clear evidence of the Biden crime family is impacting what decision he may make? How would you assess Biden as we look towards 24? Yeah, I think he's probably running. Uh, you know, the, what have they said? Uh, well, I guess we understand why they're not going to let anyone debate him. So you could not, I don't know if he's even able to, 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 you know, to do a debate here. So, um, but I do think he's going to be their candidate. Um, you know, I, I guess their, their goal is to try to have this election, see if they can get through it, see if there's somehow they can win. I hope, I don't think they're going to, I think it's going to be president Trump, but um, I think he's running. We'll see. All, we're trying to interview chairman Coleman has been trying to interview Devin Archer, one of Hunter Biden's business partners. Uh, we've been working on trying to set that up. Uh, we hope that that happens because we think there's going to be some some pretty good information that he can get uh, if if Devin Archer's under oath and, and testifying in front of the committee uh, in a, in a deposition. But that hasn't happened of yet. But the facts I think we have now are pretty compelling um, of just how because the sort of the fundamental question is what were they getting paid for? You know, 20 different LLCs and, and shell companies paying nine different Bidens millions of dollars. What was the service they were providing? What was the value they were adding? What was the product that they offered? There's no answer to that other than, oh, somehow they're connected to Joe Biden. So that I think just people sort of instinctively get that. And then you couple that now with these two whistleblowers who've never been whistleblowers before, who were reluctant to come forward, who followed their chain of command and first raised their concerns in the IRS before ever coming to Congress. And the credibility I talked about a few minutes ago, again, I think, I think their credibility is frankly unimpeachable. Congressman Jordan, is 
anything going to come of any of this? I mean, re- really, yeah. either from a congressional yeah. action or just it, it feels like, OK, we're going to find out that the fix was in all along and Hunter Biden's going to skate because that's the system that, it, that exists right now. I mean, what what has to happen? We have a Republican president who comes in who decides that things will be different. But is Congress yeah. going to do anything about this? You, you tell us. Well, well, we, we a couple of things we're focused on in the Judiciary Committee. This is going to be today in front of the Oversight Committee. But in the Judiciary Committee, we are focused on using the appropriations process to put limitations on how taxpayer dollars are spent at the Justice Department, because we think, as we've talked about, that that's been turned on the on the American people. So we have a number of policy rider language uh, elements that we're going to get in, into those those bills. And then, frankly, from from a just a civil liberty standpoint, 702, this, the key section in FISA is up for reauthorization, and uh, there is no way that's getting reauthorized in its current form. So we're, we're focused there on in the legislative side of things and the appropriation side of things. But ultimately, it, yeah, it requires a new president, it requires a new Justice Department for things to get uh, different um, there. And, you know, that's that's decided by we the people every, you know, the first Tuesday after the first money, uh, Monday every four years in November. So, Congressman, I, I think this is going to be, uh, again, really difficult to refute when these guys step out and speak publicly. Because it's one thing, and, and I'm curious if, if you would agree, it's one thing to read what they might say and have that distributed. But the clips themselves, uh, being able to see them as they speak, yeah. all of these things. What do you expect the media to do? Right? How do you expect CBS, NBC, CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post, the usual propaganda yeah. media su- uh, you know, suspects, how do you expect them to handle today's testimony? Well, the, whit- the whistleblowers were compelling, but remember, they're the investigators. The prosecutors make the decision on what to charge, when to charge, and where to charge. So, uh, you know, investigators always want to go forward. They've been working on the case, but in the end, it's the attorneys. It's, a, it's the prosecutors who make the decision, and they decided, after looking at all this, that that, you know, after all, Hunter Biden's getting charged. That I think is going to be the the argument. The whistleblowers, you're, you're right, Clay. We want to let them talk. I always say, say they're they're whistleblowers, so let them blow the whistle. Let them talk today in today's hearing. And just like we had a hearing a few uh, a few months back with three FBI whistleblowers, Garrett O'Boyle, and he got to talk and explain what the FBI did to him and his family. Wouldn't let him get access to his belongings, his kids' clothes, for goodness sake. And when you when you hear the retaliation and how it, how it impacted him and his family on a personal level, that is compelling, and it, it, it just reinforces the facts he had given us about a number of different issues he talked to us uh, uh, about. So I do think that's – but I, I think the left is going to go with that narrative Oh, okay. These are the investigators, but the prosecutors make the decision, and they were looking at their years of experience, and they they decided to go this way. Um, but again, when you look at their testimony, the prosecutors and the investigators were in agreement for most of the investigation, and then when it gets close to charging, suddenly they change. And I think they changed because there were discussions. This is straight from David White. Discussions taking place between the U.S. attorneys in Delaware and Maine Justice. So what were those discussions about, and were those the reasons, those discussions the reason that suddenly things changed? Uh, Congressman Jordan, you know, people have been saying we need to do something about the politicized FBI. Um, what about the politicized IRS <laughs> and those who are looking at yeah. something like the Hunter Biden case uh, specifically? Is it something that you think Congress should look to try to have a hand in reforming uh, through legislation, or is it just maybe cutting back the funding, because while everyone says, well, we should, not everyone, but people have been saying, let's defund the FBI. I mean, you're going to defund it to fund something else. It's not really clear to me how that necessarily plays out. Yeah. But no. cutting the IRS funding in half, I think a lot of people would say, yeah, I think that'd be okay. Yeah, yeah certainly not given what the 80,000 new agents they want. Uh, and and we, we passed legislation to, to get rid of that early in this Congress. Unfortunately, it just sits over there in the Senate. But I do think you're right, too, is about the FBI. We don't want to defund the rank-and-file agents. By and large, those guys are doing a great job. What we do want to do is change how the money is spent and, 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 and reallocate how things are done here at in headquarters, here at the Washington field office, here in the D.C. area. And we are focused on doing that um, during the appropriations process. But when it comes to the IRS, you know, we, we don't want these new agents. And we, like I said, that was the first bill we passed in the, in the Republican-controlled House. And we put some of that limits on how the funds could be spent at the FBI in the debt ceiling agreement from uh, from a few weeks ago. Jim, do you think Congressman Jim Jordan with us right now? He's doing fantastic work. Can't wait to see you in about 20 minutes when this uh, hearing begins. 
Do you think, based on all the evidence that you've seen, that Merrick Garland and maybe President Biden himself should be impeached by the House? Would you vote to impeach both based on what you've seen in the evidence so far? I've said all along, when it comes to any impeachment question, that's a, that's a decision for the entire conference. Because once you go down that road, it consumes Congress. I mean, I was on the other side of it just a few years ago, defending, yep. helping defend President Trump. And I spent weeks in the bunker in the basement of the Capitol and doing depositions with, with Adam Schiff and the, and, the, and the whole thing. So if you decide to go down that, that's, that's a big decision. But the speaker's been clear. He says we are getting much closer to an impeachment inquiry into the the, the actions of the Justice Department. So uh, I, I'm with the speaker. I think we continue to get the facts. But if it's if it's warranted, we have a constitutional duty to go there. But we need to go into that with our eyes wide open because it truly, as you all remember from just five years ago and in, in, in the, uh, four years ago in 2019 when they impeached President Trump over the you know the phone call for goodness sake, um, it consumes everything. And we we need to understand that if we if we go to but if it's required. Our constitutional duty would, would compel us to go there. So I want to continue to get the facts. I do think it's important that Chairman Comer gets to do, get to that interview of Hunter Biden's business partner, and we and we uh, we have this hearing today. Congressman Jordan, appreciate you being with us, sir. Thanks again. You bet, guys. Thanks. Take care. Look, this is noteworthy. If you pay attention to the ups and downs of the economy, former Wall Street insider and financial newsletter columnist Tika Tawai believes our federal government could soon announce a mandatory national recall on the U.S. dollar. When he says soon, he means a week from today. It could be replaced with a new digital version that will be radically different from what you have in your bank account right now. He's exposing this government plan in a new video and showing you the three steps you need to take to prepare. Go online to dollarrecall.com to watch this video that those involved in the federal government's plan don't want you to see. Again, go to dollarrecall.com. Learn how to prepare now before it's too late. One last time, that site is dollarrecall.com, paid for by Palm Beach Research Group. You don't know what you don't know, right? But you could on the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. All right, third hour, Clay and Buck starts right now. And we have with us our friend Andy McCarthy of uh, Fox News, where he's a contributor and National Review, former federal prosecutor in the southern district for over 20 years andy uh, it's it's quite a lot to take in after yesterday when uh, trump announced on truth social that he was expecting imminent uh, f- uh felony federal charges related to january 6th just first off we wanted to get your thirty thousand foot view of this now latest chapter in the get trump with the law saga well, thanks, guys. I, I my view of the substance of the uh, of the case hasn't changed in the last two months. Actually, going back further than that, but two months ago, I think is important because the Supreme Court, in two cases involving uh, former, I guess, cronies of uh, former Governor Andrew Cuomo, reversed convictions, threw out convictions. Uh, where the government had tried to stretch the envelope on the vague concept of fraud as it's been um, distorted in some federal law. And, you know, they really admonished prosecutors not to get creative. That Congress hasn't uh, hasn't clearly codified a crime. Uh, you're not supposed to bring the crime. And I thought that was a blow to the Trump investigation because to the extent that uh, it's been reported that they wanted to go down the uh, – down the lane of uh, you know this this vapory concept of uh, conspiracy to defraud the government, or this concept of whether um, obstruction of Congress was committed corruptly, because we're all allowed to try to influence Congress. The question is whether you do it lawlessly. Uh, this is exactly the sort of thing the Supreme Court warned against. Uh, unless you have a fraud that involves. Uh, a deceptive scheme to get money or traditional property, which means like tangible assets, uh, you don't have a fraud case under federal law. So I, I really thought that um, Smith would, instead of bringing an indictment, that he would probably write a report to lay out all the icky stuff that Trump did in connection with the stop the steal thing, but not actually bring charges. So it looks like now he's going down uh, the path of bringing charges. And I I, I guess that the uh, the timing of it is because he feels like he needs to get 
in front of Fannie Willis, who was the Fulton County prosecutor, in the pipeline because it's going to, they want to push this case to trial in the next few months. I don't know if they can do it, uh, but if he lets yet another prosecutor get ahead of him in the queue, it's going to be very difficult. Andy, Buck's been uh, kind of the rain on my sunshine here because <laughs> I, I want to get your opinion on this. You prosecuted for a long time, um, and you're a fabulous guest analyzing all this stuff. But big picture, when you see, and, and I'm speaking here as a lawyer as well, when right. you see what is clearly a two-tier justice system, the likes of which most of us have not ever seen in our life. In other words, we've got an Inspector Javert situation for the Les Mis fans out there where, you know, Trump steals a loaf of bread and he's going to get, you know, they're going to put him in prison for the rest of his life. And meanwhile, it seems quite clear that the Biden family was engaged in all sorts of criminal shenanigans. Nothing happens to the Bidens and they're throwing the book at Trump. Can you, I can't justify it as a lawyer, right? Like, we're supposed to believe that justice is blind. There's a reason why Lady Justice sits there with the blindfold on with the scales of justice. I am blown away by what Merrick Garland has allowed to happen in this Department of Justice and by, frankly, what I'm seeing, not as a Republican or Democrat, but just as a lawyer who believes in basic justice for all. Are you? Not anymore, Clay. I, I, um, I was during the Obama years, but I think that, you know, really for the last eight years, we've had the criminal justice apparatus of the government leveraged on behalf of Democratic Party politics, whether it was through the Obama Justice Department, the special counsels that pursued investigations against Trump even after it was clear. I mean, when Bob Mueller got that case, they had known for five months that there was no uh, no Trump Russia conspiracy. Yet they not only you know, yet he not only investigated it for eighteen months. To that they continued going back to the FISA court and swearing under oath to stuff that they knew that wasn't true. And this is just the latest iteration of it. I suppose is you know you and I are uh, lawyers. We want to believe in the rule of law, but at the end of the day, it's really a body politic. It's not a rule of law society and. I think these guys have learned that the limit of your authority is what you can get away with. And it's raw and it's disgusting, but it's the way it is. So what do you I, I'm sad to say that I agree and I'm I'm just stunned at, at how bad things have continued to get. What do you think the motivation is here? So I, I well, uh, yesterday, Buck and I both argued this is political, that we think that basically the Democrats have decided that. This strengthens Trump in the general Republican primary, and they want him as the nominee because they think he's beatable based upon what they saw in 2020. Do you buy into that, or do you think, oh, they're trying to put Trump in prison and keep him from being able to run? What's the actual I'm, motivation here from your perspective? Yeah, I, I'm glad you said that because I, you know, I've, I've been saying for well over a year that that's exactly what's going on. <laughs> And, um, you know, people told me I was uh, crazy at the beginning. But, um, you know, look, it, the way the criminal justice system works, it, it, it tees up exactly for what the Democrats want to accomplish here. The indictment will get people who are the base of the Republican Party. It's party bases that elect candidates in a primary cycle. It's going to get them all whipped up. It already has. So that not only... Uh, does Trump go up every time one of these Democratic prosecutors indicts him? And obviously, if they thought it was bad for them, they wouldn't continue doing this, right? We're talking about three different Democratic prosecutors right now. Um, every time they indict him, not only do his numbers go up among Republicans, it completely freezes the other candidates. Instead of developing their own connection with the party and with the public, uh, they're reduced to all the time having to comment on what's going on with Trump. So this plays great for the Democrats to the extent they want to get Trump nominated. And then what happens down the line in a criminal prosecution is, you know, you have hearings and then you have a trial and then all the evidence comes out. And now you play into a different audience because nationally, Trump has never been nearly as popular as he is with his own base. I mean, he won two. He, he was in two elections where he topped out at 46 percent. 
So he's already got a lot of people who are against him. Now, when you get to the trial phase of these things and the hearing phase, that's when all the evidence comes out. And it's going to reconfirm in people's minds the things that they didn't like about him in the first place. So it helps him get nominated and it will assure that he gets defeated in November. Andy, can I ask you about the the, the timing of all this as well? Because we think that's a really important component here. Yep. Um, are, are they... You know, I'm, I'm sure the Trump team so far with the South Florida, there's so many prosecutions. We have to keep like a, you know, a, a bulletin board up in our respective radio studios here. But with the South Florida prosecution, the strategy is going to be to delay that. Right. Uh, meaning the Trump defense attorneys are trying to delay it. Are, let's say Jack Smith comes out with incitement to insurrection and he goes for the top possible count, the biggest he's taken, the biggest uh, shot possible here. Is it realistic in your mind that a D.C. judge now? is going to allow him to delay, meaning the Trump defense team, to delay this until after the election entirely? Like, how do you see that happening? I mean, because to me, if the elections are happening and there are multiple criminal trials that have all been pushed to beyond 2024, that causes its own problems, too. Yeah, it's, it would be... It would be very hard to get this case rapidly to trial, Buck, if this was the only thing on Trump's dance card. But he's not only got the New York prosecution already scheduled for trial in March with pretrial hearings starting in December. Uh, much overlooked, I think, is the fact that he's got a civil fraud trial also in New York from the attorney general there, Letitia James. That starts on October 3rd. Now you have the problem of Smith, which is a self-created problem. He brings a classified information laden case in Florida which means he's under the Classified Information Procedures Act, where you basically have to have a pretrial trial of the trial. The judge has to rule on all the classified information issues prior to trial, which takes a lot of time because you've got to get people cleared. You have to pry the evidence away from uh, the intelligence community. It's not just the evidence that the government wants to bring in, but whatever evidence the defense wants to bring in, which tends to be uh, a lot more than the government wants to let the jury know about. So those are very complicated issues. They take a long time to work out. And now you have what would be a complicated issue if it was the only thing we were talking about, which is the indictment of a former president of the United States on a theory that he tried to influence the Congress, which uh, you're allowed to do unless you engage in lawless activity. And it's a very complicated case. I don't think he's going for incitement to insurrection because the Justice Department has taken the position in all the other January 6th cases that Trump wasn't involved in the violence, didn't command the violence, is not an un, uh, unindicted co-conspirator in any of those cases. So they're going with this complex theory that in relying on John Eastman's dubious legal theory, um, he was corruptly trying to influence the Congress. Uh, and deceive the public and deceive the government with respect to uh, the the electoral count. I don't think that's the kind of thing the Supreme Court thinks is a federal crime. Congress could make it a crime if they could articulate something specific enough, but they haven't. So I think there's going to be a lot of litigation in this case. And even if Trump didn't have all these other things going on, it would be very hard to get this case scheduled for trial anytime soon with all the motion practice that has to happen so so wait so just to be clear any so all the federal charges then that are brought currently and possible and perspective you think they may not be formally you know officially adjudicated he may not have to face a jury till his of his peers until after 2024 is decided is that where you are which means it'll never his best shot buck is to win the election or for a republican to win the election after the charges against Trump and the weaponizing of the Justice Department have been made an issue in the election. And all this stuff about can Trump pardon himself or will Trump be pardoned, it's nonsense. If the Republicans win the election, the Republican attorney general in the next administration will simply dismiss the cases if they haven't been tried. Um, so that's at least the federal cases. They'll just disappear. Uh, that's his best shot. I want to make sure we don't pass on what's the testimony that's going on right now uh, yep. from the IRS whistleblowers. You know this, Andy, and I'm curious if you've ever been involved. 
Mary Ellen Norieka is the judge in Delaware who has to sign off on Hunter Biden's plea agreement. Based on all the evidence that has come out surrounding the investigation, the allegations that the investigation was not properly undertaken, that it was restricted, that there were opportunities to bring charges that were rejected, do you think this judge on, I believe it's July 26th, should sign off on this plea agreement or should she not refuse to sign off on it based on all this uh all this storm and turmoil surrounding it and if she did refuse to sign it what would happen next well i think there's a middle position clay and it seems to me that um what she can do what i think i would do uh, if i were the judge is i'd have a lot of questions about why things were done the way that they were done uh, and why the government elected to do uh, the things it did, uh, how it can say that it did so in the interest of justice when, for example, by slow walking the case, which is a fairly simple, straightforward case, but by slow walking it the way they did, they actually lost counts uh, that were some of the most important counts in the case. They lapsed because of the uh, statute of limitations. And from what I heard so far in this hearing, uh, the, the defense was willing to extend by agreement the statute of limitations, but the prosecutors allowed it to lapse. If I were a judge, I'd have some pretty significant questions about that. So I don't. I what I anticipate is going to happen next week is we may not have a plea proceeding at all. Rather, I think the the judge is probably going to have some tough questions for the Justice Department and require them to answer them publicly. So you don't think Hunter? is uh, totally out of legal jeopardy in your mind. Is that fair to say? It's not all. If every plea agreement says that it's up to the judge whether to take the plea and what sentence to impose. And if the judge conveys to Hunter Biden that, you know, I, I understand that you've made this agreement with the government, uh, which looks like, you know, pretty lenient on the sentencing guidelines. And then I'm looking at this and it looks to me like these should have been felony charges. And I kind of don't understand why they weren't. And I'm not bound by this this agreement under the sentencing guidelines. Um, you know, every agreement says that it's up to the judge to take the plea and it's up to the judge what sentence to impose. And if a defendant pled guilty thinking the judge was just going to be a rubber stamp and it turns out the judge isn't, uh, defendants get second, get, uh, you know, give second consideration to whether they ought to be pleading or not. So it's not over till it's over. It's not over till she accepts the guilty plea. And schedules a sentence. Andy McCarthy, everybody, look for his latest on National Review. Andy, when are you going to write another book? I know you're busy. <laughs> when they stop making me busy. All right. Fair point. I hear you. Thanks, Andy. Appreciate you being with us. All right, guys. Thanks. Look, are you on a fixed income? You deserve an investment that delivers consistent returns without compromising your financial security. At Phoenix Capital Group, we offer high-yield corporate bonds with returns of 9 to 12% annual interest that pays out monthly with 2,000-plus satisfied investors paid on time every time, Phoenix Capital Group is giving investors a new high-yield option investing in domestic energy assets. Start earning these high yields and learn more about multiple offerings today at phxonair.com. Learn more by downloading the B-Free Investment Packet today at phxonair.com. Learn how you can diversify your investments and earn eight, I'm sorry, 9 to 12% annual interest. Download the Phoenix Group's free investment packet today, phxonair.com. Investment and bonds have a certain amount of risk associated with it, and you should only invest if you can afford to bear the risk of loss. Before making investment decisions, you should carefully consider and review all risks involved. Visit phxonair.com today. Helping you separate truth from fiction every single weekday. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? 
It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors so you pay only what you owe you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills to date HealthLock has helped its members save over 130 million dollars bottom line insurance alone isn't enough to save visit healthlock.com do it today before you see another health care provider that's healthlock.com Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For $20 a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my cell phone company, Pure Talk. You'll get the same quality of service as AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, but for half the cost. The average size family saves almost $1,000 a year, all with no contracts and no activation fees. You can keep your cell phone number and your phone or get great deals on the latest iPhones and Androids. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values, who supports our military and veterans, creates American jobs, and refuses to advertise on fake news networks. Go to puretalk.com buck to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com buck. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Let's have some fun to close up the the show here, Buck. In and Out Burger, I think we talked about this earlier in the show. Uh, we kind of teased it. In and Out Burger in five states is now requiring you to have a doctor's note in order to be wearing a mask inside of their establishment if you're an employee. And it's states like Colorado, Arizona, California, I think, five western states where the woke virus has spread most significantly. And I want to give credit to an Alberger because I love this. Do you remember this back in, in the 2021, I think? People try to pretend this wasn't happening, but many different blue cities were trying to mandate that you show a COVID vax card in order to go get a hamburger at a McDonald's or an In-N-Out Burger. And In-N-Out Burger said, yeah, we're not going to be asking people if they have gotten the COVID shot before they come in and buy a hamburger. And it was actually controversial in California that they were willing to say that. And, and I know it's crazy to even think about, but you couldn't, Buck, you lived in New York City, you couldn't go into McDonald's in Times Square and get a Big Mac without having a COVID shot card to be able to show people. In New York City, if you wanted to go to a restaurant and you had not gotten the shot, people, generally speaking, not everybody, obviously, I've lived in New York during the, the pandemic, they treated uh, treated you like you were a, a reckless monster who didn't care about other people being hurt by your actions. That was the that was the widespread attitude, including going to get a cheeseburger. I remember uh, De Blasio. The worst mayor in the country. I, I used to think maybe Ted Wheeler in Portland or or um, uh, who was just uh, Lori mayor. Lightfoot was removed in in Chicago. No, yes. no, no, no. Bill De Blasio was the worst was the worst mayor in the country when he was mayor. And and I remember he had this whole thing where they were giving out Shake Shack to people, which I will say is a very tasty burger. I'm not going to lie; it's a very tasty burger. Much more liberal company in terms of ownership. 
but a very tasty burger. Um, he was, they were giving out Shake Shack to people to make them get the shot. And so it was in part like, get the shot, we'll get you free Shake Shack, and you'll actually be allowed, be allowed to get the burger because you'll have the little special card. Um, the, the fact that they even had vaccine passports for people and there were apps and all this stuff. Yes. Um, that should never be forgotten that the, uh, the Democrats who did all this, these people should, should never be allowed to be in a position of power ever again. What they did is, is heinous. It was stupid. It was unscientific. Um, I actually just saw a, a, a sort of a former colleague of mine, if you will, who's a medical doctor on my flight down here yesterday. And uh, she saw me. She came over. She had done a show as a guest of mine, Clay, many years ago. She's an MD, critical care MD. Started talking about the COVID thing. And uh, just we kind of had a uh, this is in the airport, just walking together, had a therapy session. I was like, what? I said, what happened to your profession? She said, I, it's it's disgusting. It's horrible. What what MDs and uh, anyway, on to the happy side of things. <laughs> on to I'm a I'm a very optimistic guy. Um, In and Out Burgers are amazing. They are delicious. It's a great company. Um, I wish it was public so I could buy stock. It's uh, it's a private company, right? I don't. Think I think that's right. Yeah, it's, it's family owned, owned. I think. Yeah, if if I could buy stock, I would because I would want to support them and be a part of this ride. Amazingly tasty burgers, and they love science and America. Yes, and they are moving their East Coast headquarters to Franklin, Tennessee, I believe. Um, and that is my hometown. And they're soon going to be opening in and out burgers here, where I will be happy to go buy hamburgers and support truth, justice, the American way, and no masks anywhere. What was as the far other, as the eye can see? What was the other sandwich place? You, I even heard of it. You, you've got all these these like it wasn't Subway. It was the other place you said was even Jimmy better. John's. I've never been to a Jimmy John. You've never been to a Jimmy John's? Jimmy no. John also lives down the street from me here in Franklin, Tennessee now. It is an infinitely superior, in my always humble opinion, sub place to Subway. Mm. Not anti-Subway. I also will eat in Subway. But Jimmy John's, better. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 